Hi there, Michael Zuber. Thanks for listening to the One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that the book One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible? Yes, to all my podcast listeners out there, One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible. Go check it out and please leave a five-star review. Have a great day. Hey everyone, I have a very exciting show for you today. I have someone I know and respect who I believe has the heart and intention to help people. Not only help people grow in you know, their business uh, the last couple of years, but really help all of us understand what's going on, create a little bit of calm, set the vision for what's coming, and just get to tomorrow. So uh, let's welcome Steve Trang to the show, host of Real Estate Disruptors. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you for accepting this invitation on very, very short notice. I, I loved your Facebook post. Uh, I know you care about people and you have a big heart. So why don't you talk about the Facebook post? What kind of sparked you to put it out there into the world? Uh, and then we'll just get to talking. You know, I think just right now there's a lot of uncertainty. And I know that there have been a lot of people putting on shows, you know, uh, Facebook lives, Zooms and so on. So like a lot of people are doing it, you know, it's not just me. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, uh, because everyone's doing Facebook lives and Zooms and so on, you know, I, uh, I get a lot of replies or requests like, Hey, can I get three plays? So on, and I figured, you know, this post, I'm just leave this up all day. You know, if you see it I'll here, I'm here to answer so that they don't feel like they're missing out because of the replay. Yeah. And so that was really the only difference. I think that a lot of leaders have done a great job, you know, uh, Jamie Woolley, RJ Bates, uh, Don Costa, like, uh, Jesse Brawl and Evo yesterday, you know, like a lot of people are, are, are putting out stuff to, to kind of, uh, to calm the nerves. But I figured, you know, people were so nervous yesterday. Yeah. And so I just put that out there and I was going to be, I was at home all day. I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> so just put really? that out there, let people, uh, you know, respect to people, uh, re- respond to people, DMS and messages and so on. That's very cool. So let's just, you know, let's just have a discussion about some of the phone calls or DMS or message you've had. What, what, if you were to put your finger on what you think the three greatest, I don't know if you want to call it fear, uncertainty, nervousness, what do you think are the top concerns. three? So we, yeah, concerns. There you go. What are the top three concerns you're hearing so we can get them recorded and, and just create another spot where people can feel just a little bit better? What do you think they are? Uh, so I would say the biggest are, are people still buying? Like okay. who do I sell to? Cause you know, my audience is predominantly wholesalers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the number one concern is are people still buying? Mm-hmm. And B, if what should I be offering at? Mm. Um, and the third one is what should I do with my marketing? Ah, okay. You know, should I increase, stop, stay even? And that's a that's that's a very very custom answer. Yeah, that is. So let's actually go through the three of them because I have thoughts on all three that may be different than yours. Um, so yeah. let's talk about buyers right? Cash buyers, right? The, the exit for a wholesaler, right? The assignment fee, the, the check that they get. What mm-hmm. are you telling folks? And then um, I'll give you my answer. Uh, I will tell them, well, first I can't speak for the buy and hold guys because the, <laughs> this whole no, no eviction thing is kind of crazy to me. Yeah. Um, but I can say for the flippers, um, they're reducing their purchase price as a percentage of ARV. Um, and they have to, because they don't know what the cost is going to be for them for the next six months. Mm-hmm. We could be in two weeks, perfect world back to normal, perfect yep. world. Could be probably not going to happen, but let's just pretend it's perfect sure. world, right? 
well, then their costs didn't really go up that much as mm -hmm. a flipper. Yep. But for sure, their costs aren't going to go down. Right. All right. And so let's just say realistic, probably, I would guess, my, my, by my estimation, you know, we slowed down a little bit as a market. Mm -hmm. And it's market value is not going to go down, mm. but uh, again, my estimation, but it's going to take a little longer to sell. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's just say we're going to add three, three, four months to their whole time. Mm -hmm. And then absolute worst case, I think those guys are not your buyers. So don't, don't even worry about them. Uh, yeah. So as a flipper, then you got to look at a couple of things. Again, assuming the market doesn't go down, your, your, your holding costs have gone up. Mm -hmm. No matter what your holding costs go up and let's just estimate that the average uh, uh, borrower is uh, flipper is paying 12% interest. I think yeah. that's a pretty fair, um, you know, average rate. Mm -hmm. And so if that's the case, then their costs just went up 3%. The yeah. purchase price. Good point. Right. So you look at that. So at least right there, you got 3%. Um, and then right now what we're seeing some rumblings, not a lot, uh, but, people that invest in the private money market are, are a little concerned. So they're mm -hmm. pulling the capital out mm -hmm. and they're pulling their capital out. What happens is we have a little bit less liquidity, not a lot less, some, yeah. but a little bit. And there's a little bit less liquidity than the borrowing costs are going to go up mm -hmm. either points or interest rates or LTV. Mm -hmm. One of those three is going to go up. Uh, so then, then again, a flipper has to look at that and make a business for their decision. Sure. And I know, that like the biggest, the biggest player in Phoenix is not raising their prices, right? Like they're still 8%. Okay. But I would say as an investor, if my competition is going away, I have to raise prices just to be a, a fiduciary mm -hmm. or steward yep. of my, my client's money. Yep. Right. So even if you don't have to raise your prices, right. That's just good business practice. It sucks, but it's good business practice. Yeah. So, so going again now, if your end buyer's prices, cost of business just went up and then add an element of uncertainty. Yeah. I think that you got to be at least 10% lower as a flipper today. Oh, that's my, sure. yeah. that's my belief. And if that's the case, then as a wholesaler, you need to be buying at 10% lower. At least. Yeah. yeah. At least. Right. Yeah. 10% lower on a, on a, on a, on a, on a lipstick job, maybe even 20% lower on a really rough. Exactly. Rehab. Now you're talking. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we're looking at. And so I was talking, I was talking to someone else about this and I'm like, well, what do you have to do to do that? I said, you better be better today at, at sales, which is something that we really focus on. Yeah. You, you, you gotta be a lot better at, at sales and negotiation today than ever before, or at least since 2007, 2008. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I think everything you've said there is great. I, I want to just give you my opinion. Cause again, I'm not a wholesaler, right? I'm, I'm the end buyer from wholesalers. So what I'm telling folks is again, I, in my market, I'm fairly well known. So this is what I tell folks. Um, let's just assume as of March 1st, before all this happened, the buyer pool in your market was a hundred. We're just baseline it at a hundred, right? All buyers. So in that all buyer pool, you have lots of different categories. First, you have owner occupant buyers, right? The people are getting three and a half percent down, might be able to buy one of your lipsticks if it's cleaned out and painted or whatever. That portion is, in my opinion, gone for the next 60 to 90 days. They're scared, right? These folks are not likely going to be signing up for their largest purchase of their adult life 
in the next 60 to 90 days. So I think the owner occupant buyer is gone. Now that doesn't impact most wholesalers most of the time, but it's still a buyer pool that's not there. Next, you have people that have been flipping homes. And I think you need to break that down into folks that experienced 08 and the folks that have been doing it five years or less, right? If you've been doing this five years or less, you've been investing or flipping in homes in one of the best markets I have ever seen. And I have 20 years of real estate experience. So you need to be extra careful because you don't have the scars or likely know people who have deep, deep scars from the 08 crash. Uh, because carrying costs, opportunity costs, uh, buyers drying up, all hurts. And if you're not ready for it, you're going to assume business is the same. You're going to buy that next thing from the wholesaler at yesterday's prices today, and you're going to be out of business in six months. That's just how it is. If you have the 08 experience, you have immediately, like by March 12th or March 15th, changed your business. You have probably taken inventory that could be lipstick, and you've tried to sell it quick. You've, you have, if you were in escrow on a heavy fixer and you had other fixers, you were probably getting out some way somehow because this is about getting small. If you experienced 08 and it was painful as it should have been, you're getting smaller today as a flipper in my business. Then there's the buy and hold investor. People like me, right? 20 years experience, hundreds of units. We are getting hit hard with the threat of tenants not paying rent, right? That mm -hmm. threat and fear is out there. Uh, we now, for the first time as of this morning or yesterday evening, starting to hear that, you know, if we have a business interruption, that our mortgage lenders will be encouraged to work with us also. That's brand new information. Uh, up to yesterday, there was talk just owner-occupants. I think it's just a fluid situation, but I could tell you I closed a deal on Monday uh, for a fixer that I, could, I have multiple exit strategies for. So I guess what I'm saying is there is going to be a small set of buyers that will take advantage of this and still do deals. We have our own money. We're not relying on private or hard money. Uh, we're still gonna do deals. But as I've told anyone, I created a video like three days ago saying wholesalers wake up because I'm, I was cheap before, Steve. I'm gonna be effing cheap now, right? Because right? I need to have it multiple exits, yeah. Well, not just multiple exits, but you are in less supply today. Yeah, exactly, so I can be yeah, I'm going to keep buying. I have two transactions that will close probably next week. If escrow slows down, it might be the week after, but I'm still doing deals. Um, yeah. So, you know, there are still buyers out there. So check with your buyers. Look, um, they are still out there. There will be people doing deals. I do think people that have been getting hard money at 12%, I'm hearing about deals being pulled last minute while they're in escrow. Um, because the of the lender. Yeah, because of the lender. Exactly. Uh, so you need to ask your buyers, is this your money? Is it hard money uh, or is it private money because of some personal relationship maybe you built over time? I think you need to qualify your buyers today. Yeah. Right? I want to I wanna add though, I, sure. I'm not sure the 3.5% down buyer is going away because, okay. and, and this is, um, and this is, you know, I've got two different legs, right? I've yes, got the wholesale legs and I got the traditional side. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm constantly in touch with the number one lender in the state, yep. number two title company in the state. Um, and then, um, the, the lady that, if you ever see my, uh, my analysis on, on, on uh, Facebook about the market updates, yep. uh, Tina is the one that prepares that. I was talking, I talked to her for 30 minutes yesterday. Awesome. And um, the, we're not seeing anything slow down on this side today 
Yeah. That's not to say that people aren't opening any, won't, won't buy any new houses. Yeah. Um, I think that in, at least in Phoenix, right? Sure. Uh, there's so little supply. I mean, as of last week before this, we were at like a month and a half of supply. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So a lot of Californians moving out here. Now that could be a problem because of your guys' lockdown. Uh, but people still need a place to live. Sure. And it's freaking cheap in Phoenix. So I, I, I have to say a lot of my opinion is going to be very Phoenix focused. Sure. That's fine. I think we're going to be uh, totally fine as far as the traditional side. Now I've said before uh, to some other people, I think Vegas is in a lot of trouble. Oh. And I think anyone that's dependent on oil until Saudi Arabia and Russia figure this out, yep. they're in trouble. Like, you know, that's just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm concerned, yes. not down, but I'm concerned. Yeah. No, I, the oil I situation. as, as we all should be, Let, let's, let's talk about Phoenix and, and just the owner occupant market. Um, because first off I, I watch every time you do a market update, I watch it. They're great. They're short. They're real data. You have real discussions here. Here's my guess. Um, not only do I think owner occupants over the next six to 12 weeks get scared. I actually think your listings are going lower. Oh, for like, sure. Inventory is going down. Yeah, for sure. People right. don't, Homeowners don't want people walking through the houses right now. Yeah. Open houses are canceled for the foreseeable future. <laughs> yeah. People are still, there are people still holding open houses here and it's crazy to me. Yeah. I don't, I don't get that. So I think, I think we're going to have a statistical anomaly and then we will have a huge snapback. Uh, listings yeah. are going to be down. If you were at six weeks, you could be easily at four weeks here in yeah. short order. Uh, I believe if you have owner occupants in escrow, I'm going to guess 70% close, 30% find a reason to back out. We're still um, seeing a lot of closing. So good. what's really interesting, this is, and this is a, you know, purely uh, anecdotal data, right? This yeah. is not scientific. This is not empirical. Uh, but people that I, I've been talking to that have been flying, yeah, like these flights are full, right? So at least, uh, up to, at least up to last week, like okay. beginning of last week, right? All right. Yeah. Uh, so the flights are full. And so my theory is if you bought the airfare, you're flying. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But you're not buying any more airfare, right? It's the opportunity yeah. cost. Exactly. Yeah, right? exactly. But I already spent the money. I'm going to use it, but I'm not going to book any new flights. So mm -hmm. as of last week and moving forward, the flight should be really empty. But yeah. up until Monday of last week, flights are still pretty full. Okay. Right? So yeah, I no, think that we're, we're going to have an element of that where if yeah. you're in escrow, you're probably going to close. If okay. you've been really looking hard, you might buy. Yeah. But if you were thinking about buying, probably on hold. Yeah. And that's, that's where I was just going to go. It's that I've been thinking about it, but you can wait, right? Do I need to upgrade yeah. today? Do I need to move to the closer school? Do I need, do I need, do I need? Well, you know what? I'm going to pause for six yeah, weeks. It's not painful enough right now. It's not to, painful to... enough. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I think transactions, I think listings go down. I think transactions go down. I think transactions will go down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's so okay. That's, exactly what I think. But here's the, here's the beauty of all this. Pick a time. Is it eight weeks? Is it 10 weeks? Is it 12? No one knows, but we are going to have our gargantuan spring back. Once we just start to feel this all clear, it's going to be like never before people yeah. are going to race. So uh, that's pretty cool. Um, so next question, we went through three. That was all on the first one, buyers. The next one is what should you be offering, right? You've touched yeah. a little bit on that. I think your answer was 10% for lipstick. 20% for fixers because your buyer has to get it cheaper. Um, mm -hmm. You know, any, any, I think that's great advice. I would, yeah, it's all about selling now because again, this is so funny. Um, so many people have been doing their business and, and rocking and rolling. They've had it almost assembly line driven 
where they offer X, right? They do the whole ARV cost, this cost that you got to blow that up, right? You've got to adjust yeah. some of that model because today's different than March 10th, right? Pick your dates. So. Yeah. Well, whatever your formula was, right? Just add 10 to 20% of it. And that's really yeah, maybe 15%, but that's ultimately what it is. Yeah. So I think that's the key, right? Is people don't run your business like it didn't change. Um, because you could very quickly start seeing your conversion from locked up contract to check falling apart when you, when you don't find that end buyer, right? Nobody makes money to lock up a contract. You get paid when the exit is made. Um, right. So buy smarter, right? Exactly. Exactly. All right. Now the elephant in the room, the one I'm going to love to hear your answer because so many people need to hear it. Marketing. Do you continue marketing? Do you tweak marketing? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Uh, so what is that? What is Mr. Steve Trang, uh, host of real estate disruptors telling people? So before we even start, you got to take in the, uh, context. Okay. I started in 2007. Ah, good point. So as I got started and I got started in the traditional side, right? I didn't really go really, really deep in the wholesale side in 2018. I was wholesaling since 2013, but I didn't really go deep until 2018. Okay. Um, and so starting 2007, what did I see? Yeah. Um, First, I had this amazing optimism that I was going to do amazing. I was going to crush it. Of course. Right? Um, confidence is not something I've ever lacked. So, <laughs> um, so I came in think, expecting to crush it. What happened? I didn't crush it. In fact, for my 1040 in 2008, it was negative 50,000, meaning my expenses were 50,000 higher than my revenue. Woof. Okay. That was not a good year. Not a good year. Um, but what did, I, what did I learn here? I learned that a lot of realtors went out of business and as a result of going out of business, they got divorced. Ah. So a lot of contractors go out of business and as a result of getting, going out of business, they got divorced yeah. because all the fun money disappeared, right? For both yeah. sides. Yeah. And so that's something that's always been on my mind. Hmm. And also as I'm kind of learning this business, I worked with some cash buyers. Hmm. Okay. People that did really, really well during that last recession, which I kept saying in my mind, I can't wait until the next recession. So honestly, a little bit, I'm kind of excited, which is terrible <laughs> to say out loud. Um, but I've been preparing for this moment this whole time. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right. And so what did I see? I saw cash buyers buy properties cash, run their businesses cash. Yeah. And I'm not saying I run everything this way, but that's what we, that's what I saw did really well. And the guys that are buying properties cash, were just buying more and more properties cash. Because with their cash flow, they were able to buy a property every single month with their yeah, cash flow. Exactly. Right. And so that's kind of what I ha has been seared into my brain. And so um, I knew this, but it took a long time to get to a position where I could run a business, anything like this. Now I'm not a cash everything model. Yeah. Um, I do have a couple of properties paid off free and clear. Our house, yep. where our goal is to pay it off this year. Awesome. Uh, we bought it last year. Our goal is to pay it off this year. Wow. And I know it's not. It's very much against the grain. Most people hate it. But at the end of the day, my goal is to survive times like this. Um, and so for me, I, I've been running. And so it took me a long time to run a profit first model. So I got the book profit first. Hmm. I want to say probably 2017 around there. Okay. And it's, I've been trying to figure out how to run that model for me. It took a really long time. It wasn't until last year that I finally got it set up because it's, really, it's a really different mindset. Okay. Running a high profitability, high profitability business. Um, and so with that being said, 
right now we have enough reserves where we, if we have zero income for two months, we'll be okay. Nice. With that, so with that, we're not changing a thing. I wouldn't say it's prudent to double your spending or, you know, 10 extra spending, you know, mm -hmm. a big Grant Cardone expression. Yeah. I don't think it's prudent to do that because today you could get way more leads with the same exact number of spend. Ah, and the reason why is because everyone else who has been, you know, doing the, the grinding thing, which was me for a long time, sure. was I'm not going to pay myself. I'm just going to put all the money back into the business. Okay. Yeah. Which is a great mindset when you're starting, but not a mindset of a business of a true business owner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's just, it's just a really high paying job at that point. And so, you know, there are a lot of people that are putting it back into business, putting it back into business, putting it back in business. And then one day it's, I'm going to get paid. I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to get paid well. Yeah. And I had that mindset for a very, very long time. Okay. And what I learned was that, that, that one day I'm going to stop and just like, you know, watch the money come in. will never come. Right. Because we all have this. When I first got started in real estate, I had this vision of like, I'm going to take it easy on the beach. You know, you know everyone talks about my ties. I love pina coladas. Okay. okay. I love, I love the drinks. All and right. so, um, you know, just chilling to be drinking pina coladas, right? And that's the vision yeah. we all we all have when we get started. And something happens when you start and that dream stays a dream. Yeah. And we never actually live the life that we planned when we started business. It's grind, 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 put every dollar back in the business. Let's get as big as possible. Let's crush the competition and let's get huge, right? Like that's yeah. the mindset. Sure. And I and I don't think it's a bad mindset. But at some point, you need to pay yourself. And yep. if you've been waiting, 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 and this happened, I think you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So first off, would you recommend people check out Profit First? We got a lot of time on our hands. Uh, would that be a book you'd highly recommend? Amazing book. Awesome. Amazing book. Yeah. And I think if you're not into finances and you know, QuickBooks, stuff like that, it's probably hard to get higher bookkeeper today. So I would definitely read that book. But even though I read that book twice, maybe mm -hmm. three times, it wasn't until I hired a bookkeeper that I was able to get it all in order. Uh, okay. um, because you have to be responsible with mm -hmm. your finances, you know, go in there and monitoring all the time. And until I hired a bookkeeper, it was like, I'll do it this weekend. I'll do it this week. Right. I'll do it this weekend. Right. Once I hired a bookkeeper, now I'm excited to meet her every Monday, 11 a.m. for an hour. Wow, that's awesome. Because, because I have seven businesses that I manage, right? So meeting with her for an hour every Monday, and then Tuesday, 5 a.m., I just look at it for myself for an hour. I just go through all, I go through all the P&Ls and all, and all the balance sheets. Just make sure everything mm -hmm. makes sense, right? That's awesome. And so, I mean, how many people have you met, and this whole totally unrelated, but how many stories have you heard is like, man, my guy's been stealing from me this whole time. I didn't even know. It happens... Um... Well, first off, I hear it a lot, and I bet you it happens even more than that. Yeah. And so that will never happen with me. Yeah, exactly. You got a microscope or a whatever, the magnifying glass, whatever it's called. Exactly, exactly. And, and so if you don't have a bookkeeper, it's really hard because, you know, going in your bank account, putting that stuff, logging it, it's boring. But if you have someone doing the awful work. Yeah. Now I feel like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like Scrooge, right? I'm not Scrooge McDuck. No. But that, that image of him swimming through the gold coins, <laughs> like, you get to like look at what you've got. You get to, you get to analyze it. Yeah. Right? And it, it, yeah, financial statements, when done correctly, there's a reason why 
the largest companies on the planet use income statement, balance sheet, cash flow statement. And, and if you're running a business and if you have seven businesses in your case, you need to look at all those. You can't just be running a cash account and money come yep. in, go out. You'll just, if somebody will steal from you, you'll miss something. You ha that there's a reason why there's an income statement, cash flow statement and balance sheet. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you need to look at it. It's fun to look at them, right? It, it, it's but fun it's, to look at them when it's, when it's done for yeah, you. It's not fun to do the debits and credits. So I was a trained accountant coming out of school. So I know exactly what uh, your bookkeeper is going through. So um, yeah. check out Profit First. Steve Trang recommends it. I'm going to be buying it on Amazon once this is done. So that's going to be cool. You've talked about mindset. Um, a lot of the wholesalers I'm sure you deal with are, I'll call them small operators for lack of a better term. They don't have seven businesses like you. Let's think it's, let's, let's talk to the, the wholesaler that's them and maybe their significant other, maybe one other partner, right? Maybe some VAs, okay. maybe not. Let's just talk to that group. Yeah. What are you telling them today? Because uh, I mean, no disrespect by this statement, but they're probably running on a shoestring, right? Yeah, they are. And so if, so that's, that's a great point, right? So some of these, a lot of these guys are reaching out to me and I'm asking them like, how much do you have in reserves? Like if you have no yes. income for the next two months, what are you doing? Yes. And if you have no income for the next two months, and you're, 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 you're out of business, then unfortunately you need to stop the marketing. Yes. Right. Like, and you need to have difficult conversations with your staff. And I've been on multiple calls this week where the guys that have been through this say, you need to look at your staff and see who, 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 who you need and who you could get by without. Yep. Right. And it's a very uncomfortable conversation. And the first time I heard that conversation is like, Oh, that sucks. <laughs> That's terrible. Right. And truth be told, there are some people in my operations that I need to take a good look at, right? Yeah. And we're having conversations with my business partners. Of course. So, so there's that. So that's not, we're not even talking about marketing. We're talking about like, like yeah. staff, right? Yeah. So these are people that conversations and expenses that you need to really look at. And so I've had multiple conversations throughout the week with different groups. You know, I was in Gary Harper's group this week. It was amazing. Gary Harper runs an amazing, amazing operation. Mm -hmm. And he was saying the same thing because he's been around for 20 years. And he's helped CEOs of other companies ride these waves. Yeah. And he was saying it. And what I saw in a lot of people was they're hearing it. But it's so uncomfortable. I don't think it's making it inside their head. Like, yeah. I think it's going in one ear, out the other. And yeah. because it's so uncomfortable and we hate being uncomfortable. So when, when Gary mentioned it, I, I, I actually emphasized it again. Like, you guys need to hear this and understand it and let it resonate because this is the oxygen mask, right? You can't take care of others if you don't take care of yourself. That's if a you're out of perfect business, analogy. Yes. If you're out of business now, instead of taking care of five, you know, one, two people or five or 10 people. Now you can take care of zero people if you're not making the tough decisions. Yeah. And I want to, I want to sort of reiterate this for the flippers and the buy and hold folks as well, because you're not immune to this discussion. Again, I've been, I've been investing since 2003 and one of my greatest memories that, that still, I can still feel the pain is I knew a flipper that was in the Bay Area where we have million dollar homes, it's very commonplace, who was worth $10 million, right? Eight figures. And frankly, he was arrogant and he thought he could hold on and keep his, keep his flips going and, and you know, pretty soon his days on market extended, his hard money costs extended. Um, you know, he held on three or four months longer than he should have. Uh, and then the first one got let go. And then the second, the third, and he had to declare bankruptcy uh, inside of 13 or 14 months. 
So sometimes you got to look in the mirror and not only have that hard conversation with people, but sometimes you need to look at your portfolio and go, you know what? I'm going to stop this flip now, or I'm not going to take this one on and I'm going to sell it at a loss, right? I did a conversation with Pace yesterday, the day before, and he talked about having to write a $14,000 check to get out of a deal today instead of holding it and probably having a $50,000 loss later. So just because we're talking about wholesalers and, and head count and overhead and all of that, buy and hold people, you have a full-time job and you're okay. Um, you should look at your business too, right? If you're in the buy and hold business, you know, you got to have some hard decisions and maybe there's some stuff you shouldn't close on or you should rent different. Um, it's, it's, this will impact everybody in every part of real estate. I think at least from the short to medium term, I think. Yeah. And I've actually talked to a couple of buy and hold guys, uh, not buy and hold guys. I've talked to a couple of fix flip guys Yeah, and you know, this, their reputation is really critical, right? Like the reason why they get the best deals mm-hmm. is because they will close on all their deals. Like they yeah. say, Hey, Michael, I will buy it. Yep. It's a done deal. That money is in the bank. Yeah. And so I'm talking to a couple of these guys and I've talked to them like, well, what's your plan? And they're like, I'm, I told them I'm going to buy it. I have to buy it. That's my reputation. That's how I run my business. And I, I know you're shaking your head, but that's what it takes in Phoenix, right? To, to, to okay. win, to get the best deals. Right. And so, because, you know, in, in a couple of weeks when you're buying at yeah. 50, 60%, he's still getting the calls, right? Ah, and so, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, he has to look at it as, as, as that's how, that's his business model. And so, and what I told them is, and I've heard from other people, it's like, look, I'm not saying you have to cancel. Right. Okay. What, I'm, what I recommend is you talk every wholesaler that you're under contract with and say, have a conversation with them. It's like, look, do me a solid. I'm not going to cancel on you. Right. Okay. I understand that, you know, our relationship is really important. I'm not going to cancel on you. Do me a solid. Go talk to the homeowner and say, look, markets changed. Right. Price that we're committed to, we don't feel comfortable anymore. Right. Right. So just have that conversation with yeah. the homeowner, bring it down. So because ten, twenty thousand dollars, every dollar counts today. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's great advice. And yeah, when I was, uh, you're right. Cause I was shaking my head when you started that story, but you're absolutely right. I bank on my reputation. That's why I'm closing the two deals that I locked up three weeks ago at the price yeah. that I agreed. I did exactly what you said. One of the deals is kind of skinny today. So I went to the wholesale and said, Hey, I'll close, but do me a, I, yeah, not, didn't use that language, but the same thing. Go back to the homeowner and see if you can find 10 grand, right? Yeah. I'll close no matter what, because um, my reputation matters and I close everything I get in escrow, but whew, it would help me out a lot, right? So, right. Like, and, you know, like you want me to still be, do you, you want me to still be in business in a few weeks? Yeah, exactly. Buying deals, then you need to help me out. Yeah. So I had that exact conversation. Totally agree with you. The other thing I would say is if you don't have the financial wherewithal, slow down right? Your hold time, as we said earlier, be plan for your hold time days on market and uh, credits from closing from inspections. All this stuff is going to get different. So just, just budget differently. So I think that's great advice. Um, Yeah. So, so yeah. And just to wrap that up, right. Cause we're, we, we, we steer into the staff conversation, Yeah. but if you don't have the money to, to survive the next two months, then I would not be marketing. I would be doing all the free stuff, door knocking, Well, maybe not door knocking today, uh, but, <laughs> yeah. but all the, all the, all the cheaper stuff. Yep. And I would not be doing the expensive stuff today. So like, we're still going hard with our marketing. Yeah. We haven't changed anything with our marketing. Oh, anything. Okay. Nothing. We've changed nothing because we've always ran a lean model. So huh. I mean, our business, we ran a 45% profitability as a wholesaling operation. I don't know a lot of guys that are running that kind of profitability. Casey Ryan in Vegas <laughs> runs it at 68%. Wow. 
but like every dollar that we make, we're keeping 45 cents as profit, right? Like I said, profit first. Okay. Yeah. So we intentionally, (laughs) yeah. So we intentionally run lean. So like right now we're totally fine. However, uh, you know, we've had conversations like, look, if things, if we're not locking deals up, which we locked up two contracts this week, if we're not locking up any more contracts, then we need to have a hard look at our cold callers. Okay. Right. Our cold callers, we have five of them in Mexico. Mm. Say, look, instead of five, maybe we make do with two or three. Right. So even though we're not making any changes today because we're, 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 our financial reserves are okay. Right. If our revenue does go down, then we will reduce our expenses. Um, Profit first. Exactly. And so I think a lot of the guys that if you got reserves, I wouldn't change anything because you're going to make, you're going to get way more leads for the same amount of spend. Yeah. If you don't have two months reserves, then you need to take, then you need to start cutting your expenses, including marketing. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't let go of good people unless you have to, right? Let go of people that you've been like, you know what? I'm tired of babysitting them. Yeah. This is the time to let them go. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, but the, um, the marketing, if you, if you can, if you got two months, stick with it. If you don't, then you got to reduce it, run it at a leaner model, run, cut the, cut the, uh, lower ROI marketing yeah. first. Yeah. And you have to go to zero marketing and bootstrap it and bootstrap it because it's really important that you survive because yeah. the, the guys that I believe I, I posted yesterday, I think there's going to be 50 to 75 percent of wholesalers out of business and they don't even know it yet. I agree. So things are going to get better. I think 50% easily for wholesalers. I think you could say the same thing for flippers, especially if you've only been doing it five years. We're, we, we're, we're old sages in this. We can say this, but many of them aren't going to listen. But I'm glad this will be recorded because we can point to it saying, we tried to help you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I'm fearful of the guy that's like 27-year-old me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was not a good listener. Yeah. I, right. I, I remember. I, it was, yes. I was a, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to do this. And my attitude always was watch me. Yeah. So I'm worried about 27 year old me who's overconfident. There you go. I do want to ask one thing about marketing, not the spend. I'm curious if you've changed your messaging at all, right? Have you changed oh, what's on the, yeah, cause that's, 100%. yeah. See, that's a conversation. The message today, you have an opportunity to change your message. And I don't think enough people are talking about that. Yeah. So, you know, put your seatbelt on because we were talking about sales, yeah. right? So our message is very different and potentially frowned upon. So some of your listeners may not like this message, uh, right? Go for so, it. So let's do some role play, okay? So you're the homeowner. Okay. All right. And you, let's, you say, let's just pretend you told me you want a full market value, okay? Done. So, hey, Michael. So given our conversation, it sounds like you want full market value. Yeah, I want a fair price. I think I think that's uh, I think that's a fair price. That's perfect. And you have a realtor that you're you're going to be working with. Oh, I'm, you know, realtors. There's lots of realtors out there. Yeah, I, I'm sure I can. Okay, find one. but you got one that that's that's the direction you're going to go. Yeah, I think so. Hey, look, it makes sense. If I'm in your position, I do the same thing too. So, sounds like this is over. We're not going to be able to figure something out. We're not going to make a deal. Okay. All right. Perfect. Hey, Michael. Now that this is over, can I ask you a question? Of course. You're not concerned at all about a bunch of strangers walking through your house right now. Yeah. You know, I've heard that, uh, you know, this thing is carried by people and asymptomatic and all this other things. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that, that's, that's a concern. It's not really not, not mine, but it's my wife's concern. Gotcha. And so like people walking through your house when you're not there, touching your stuff, going through your closet, 
Maybe open your refrigerator. That doesn't bother you. Uh, again, it, it bothers my wife. Yes. Hmm. So then does it still make sense for you guys to go with a realtor? Oh, well, you know, my realtor is telling me they can sell stuff with, you know, FaceTimes and they're going to take lots of pictures and they're going to do, they're going to try to, they're not going to open, hold any open houses. So, you know, the realtor is singing me a nice song today. Yeah. And you're hundred percent confident that'll work. Well, I can tell you the realtor is hundred percent confident it'll work. Okay. What happens if it takes, I'm not saying it will, but what if it takes four to six months for your house to sell? Wow. That's, uh, that's crazy. Cause, uh, I keep being told I'll, I'll have a contract in two weeks, but, uh, I hadn't thought about it taking four months. You know what? Maybe it, it might, maybe it will, you know, you've got a good house. Maybe it will, but if it doesn't and you've got four to six months of strangers walking through your house, is that okay? No, if, if, uh, no, that's not okay. Okay. Are you uncomfortable right now? No, no, I'm, I, I, I don't mind this. No, I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm saying for, for this role play, like, no, does like that it. make you? I, no, I think I'm giving you what you want. I think. Yeah, I'm good. This yeah, but that's what. But that's what we, that's our conversation. Ah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. No, I got it. Sorry. So we're, that's that, you know, we're adding that little wrinkle. Another one we're doing is. So hold on, just okay. hold on. So that's the face to face, right? So that's how you, so you, you've got the belly to belly. Maybe it's a phone This call. is over the phone, just trying to book ah. the appointment. Ah, so this is, see, I misunderstood that. That is awesome. So that's a phone call conversation. That's a phone call conversation. Now let's pretend we're face to face now, right? Oh shit. Okay. Okay. So let's pretend <laughs> we're face to face now. And you use like, you've got five other offers because I can't imagine there'd be a lot of wholesalers out there, right? So let's just yeah, pretend. Pretend, yes. You've got five other investors, okay? Yep, okay. So, all right, hey Mike, so as I understand it, you've got five other wholesalers you're talking to uh, that might be selling your house to. Uh, I have five other buyers. I don't know what you mean by these wholesaler Okay, yeah, five other buyers. Okay, so you're talking to these investors, you've got five potential buyers for your home. Let's just take me out of this operation or this equation because I could tell you right now, I am never the highest player. So let's just- Okay. Remove me from this conversation. Okay. So of those five, which one do you like the most? Uh, I like the one with the biggest number. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, who, if, you might, if you don't mind me asking, who, who would that be? Uh, one, two, three. I don't know. What, just somebody's name. Okay. You know what? I've got a good reputation. You should go with that guy. Ah. Okay. I feel better already. All right. Perfect. Perfect. So. I should leave. It sounds like this is not a, a good deal. Uh, this is not going to work for us. You've got your situation. This is not one of the houses I'm going to buy. Should we end this meeting? Uh, sounds, sounds like it. Yeah. You've, uh, you've helped me feel better about the buyer. I wanted to go with the highest price. Uh, you've been, uh, you've been a pleasure to deal with. Thank, thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. So before I go, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah, of course. When you asked him how long he's been in the business, what did he say? I don't remember asking that question. Okay. But you saw a proof of funds that showed that he's going to have the money in 30 days. I saw, I saw something that showed they had the money. Yes. Okay. And you're not concerned at all that he might be out of business in 30 days. Uh, I, I hadn't thought about that. Okay. I mean, this is a really tough market right now. I, a lot of people are folding up shop. I don't suppose it's important to you that you work with someone that's actually survived a recession like this before. 
Uh, I, sh- that's, I hadn't thought of that. Okay. What happens if in 30 days, your boxes are packed, you got your moving truck full, you're ready to go, you put your deposit for the next home, and this guy doesn't answer his phone? That would be a bad day. Okay. So it sounds like maybe money is not the most important thing to you. Um, yeah, that, uh, now that you, uh, yeah, having the U-Haul packed and the wife uh, and the kids getting ready to go to new school, like I can't afford two mortgages. So yeah, maybe, um, maybe the biggest number isn't the most important. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. And then that's, that's what I would do. So that's what we're doing at our meetings. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Hopefully the guys are paying attention. Rewind this, watch that again. He's giving you two talk tracks, one for over the phone, which I'm guessing a lot more phone calls are going to be happening the next couple of weeks, yeah. but eventually there will be belly to belly conversations again. And I like how you twisted it from price to reputation. That was yeah. very, very well done. Very well done. Yeah. He's helping, so, you, and this he's is, helping you learn. Go ahead. This is the sales training that we do, right? You know, so we already had this training with all our, all, all our students for the last week and a half, you know, wow. uh, but this is something that's really important because you're going to buy deeper. This is what it takes. Yeah. And again, I think this is going to be an evolving process. Uh, one of the things I could tell you, having been through the last crash, is pricing is sticky on the way down. It's called price elasticity. Uh, sellers are stuck to yesterday's price, not tomorrow's price. Uh, so I would tell you to follow up with people more frequently uh, because sellers, we're emotional or they're emotional and they're always stuck on yesterday's price. But at some point, it will be tomorrow's point and you just never know when that happens, right? When they go from yesterday to tomorrow. Uh, because when it becomes, oh my God, it's falling all the time. I need to sell now. You want to be the first person they see. So I w- if you're following up every two weeks these days, I'd follow up every week. If you're following up every week, I'd follow up every three days. Again, in a low cost way. Um, and again, do it in a friendly way as I've seen uh, Steve do over the years in his training. You know, just, hey, just checking on you. Everything okay? Do you need anything? You know, be a nice person. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think your reputation will expand and grow. Uh, uh, Steve, anything else you want to say? Uh, before we leave and then please give a plug to uh, how people can follow you uh, real estate disruptors and, and everything that uh, you put out there. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, one thing I would say is that all the eye buyers are on hold and I'm oh, freaking yeah. ecstatic. Yes, me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, op- uh, we've been waiting for all that. Yeah. Sorry. We've been speculating that if uh, in a recession, they'd be badly wounded. Oh yeah. And what are we seeing now? We have a, a probable recession, very likely having a recession. And what are these guys doing? They're on hold. Yep. So uh, I think that's great. Yes. Uh, as far as how to get a hold of me, I mean, I've got uh, the podcast, right? It's Real Estate Disruptors. That's free. It's on YouTube's and iTunes. Um, and then to get a hold of me, I'm on Instagram at steve.trang. That's the best way to get a hold of me. S T E V E dot T R A N G. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Very cool, man. Again, I loved what you put out yesterday the willingness to help people, use your network to help people, the fact that you accepted this. Uh, this interview in really less than 10 hours uh, just goes to show that you really mean what you do. So I appreciate you. Keep doing what you're doing. Much success and stay, uh, stay healthy. All right. Thank you, Michael. All righty, buddy. Take care.